Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and Megaphone and iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you go to find your podcast. We are a part of the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast channel, which of course features ourselves, the Believe podcast, Blitzed Bills, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Circling the Wagons, and the Nick and Nolan Show. Uh, We really encourage all of our fans to go uh, subscribe, rate, and review to all of our podcasts, but especially here on Believe. Uh, We have some great content we try to bring to you each and every week. My name is John Boccasino. But before we get to this week's Believe podcast, which was recorded on Friday, we do want to add an addendum to the podcast, updating some of the names who have been released from the Bills roster. The most shocking of these cuts has to be veteran running back LaShawn McCoy, who uh, the Bills had publicly stated was going to be their feature back, their lead back this season, and had a $9 million cap hit. Well, Saturday, Adam Schefter of ESPN reported that the Bills are releasing the veteran LaShawn McCoy, uh, who is arguably coming off the worst season of his career in Buffalo or in Philadelphia. He averaged over th- just over 3.2 yards per carry. He had only 514 total rushing yards on 161 carries. At one point during the season, he had 25 carries for 25 yards. He was stymied up and bottled up behind a porous offensive line. And while the Bills did a lot to improve that offensive line in the offseason, it does not appear that Shady is going to be a part of the Bills' plans for 2019. So that would be the biggest name so far that has come out. Some other cuts that have been rolling in so far on this Saturday morning are wide receiver Duke Williams, who really had a strong preseason and gave the Buffalo Bills a lot of height at the wide receiver position, especially in the red zone. Uh, He has been cut according to Matthew Fairburn. Marcus Murphy has been released uh, per Jay Skursky, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, Now knowing with LaShawn McCoy, uh, being cut, that really seems to signify that Cinerese Perry's roster spot should be secure, given the fact that Cinerese is a special team standout. Captain Munnerlin, the cornerback, has been waived, as has wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, defensive tackle Kyle Pico has been released. Sam Achu, the defensive end, has been waived as well. Tyree Jackson, the third-string quarterback who engineered the comeback win in preseason week four over the Vikings, has been waived. And those are some of the bigger names that Bills fans will care about uh, so far having been released. Stay tuned to buffalorumblings.com for all the latest news and moves made by the Bills leading up to Saturday's 4 p.m. roster deadline. Now back to the rest of the regularly recorded Bill Eve podcast. Extending a big thank you to my co-host Jamie D'Amico for filling in when I was in Los Angeles last week doing a really cool podcast on sports and psychology and the psychology behind being a fan. If you haven't listened to it yet, Go check it out. It's an awesome listen. Jamie, I think you did a good job with Robin Mundy, uh, really recapping a, a pretty timely topic, especially given the fact that a lot of players' psyches have to really be on edge right now with a roster cutdown day coming up in less than uh, 24 hours. I appreciate that. Good to have you back, though. It is definitely good to be back. You know, the West Coast is all about the Dodgers and the Chargers and the Rams. And I wore a Bills hat a couple times out there and got a couple of let's go Bills and hey, 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 and you kind of feel like you're at home out there. But it's great to be back in Western New York uh, talking Bills football. And Jamie, I got to say, I don't put too much stock into uh, preseason football and the results of preseason football. But let's take a second to acknowledge the fact that for the first time in this proud franchise's history, the Bills went undefeated in the preseason. 
it doesn't mean anything, right? Yet at the same time, you look at the players that were on the field at the end of the game yesterday. Oh my God, they were loving every second of that. It, it's like it, it's like they had won the biggest game of the season. It didn't even count, which really, I mean, it says something about the camaraderie that they've developed. I think Sean McDermott's doing a great job of creating the family feeling there. And, you know, a lot of those guys are not, not only are they not going to make the team, they may not have an NFL career after tomorrow, but there they were all like, like one big family out, out there celebrating. And it was a lot of fun to watch. You know, it really, it really was a lot of fun. And, and I'm glad you brought the camaraderie part about it because yeah, market. So for, for fans that somehow either tuned out and didn't want to see, you know, Tyree Jackson lead the Bills offense for four quarters, which for 57 minutes or 56 minutes worth, the offense did virtually nothing. And the Bills are down 23 to six with 353. I can see why you would turn that off. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, the Vikings only punted once uh, for most of the game um, until Marcus Murphy took a a punt that was a really deep punt, and uh, he returned it 79 yards, followed his blockers perfectly, made a nice little cutback, and he scampers into the end zone. And you can just see the Bills' official uh, website and social media folks did a great job capturing that moment. You're seeing big boy Deion Dawkins. You're seeing Josh Allen in his shorts. Dude, they're like high five, and they're jumping like little school kids up there, getting so stoked if you bring this punt back. And then there was a sack on the... Deion Dawkins' high spin down the sideline was a sight, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, my gosh, who knew that big boy could do that agility type of drill right there? It was really cool to to kind of see him go out there. And, and yeah, everybody was so, so happy. And like, Jamie, I got to tell you, in this day and age where people are more cynical than ever, to watch these guys taking a moment of just being a kid and having pure, unadulterated joy on the football field, it was pretty special. It, it, it was a good time, for sure. Unfortunately, um, it leads to the downside of this, which is cut-down day. Lorenzo Alexander put out a tweet earlier today saying that today and tomorrow are his least favorite days of the year. He said, doesn't matter how long you've been around the game, it's crushing what happens. It is because you really can't prepare yourself. You know, you can, you can mentally tell yourself, hey, I, I gave it my best shot. I went out there and I just didn't earn a roster spot. But, you know, to go from I think the Bills have 91 or 90 players currently on the roster and they're going to have to get that down to 53 by 4 p.m. on Saturday. And uh, there is a lot of talent on this team that is going to get cut and end up making an impact for other NFL teams. Jamie, for the longest time, the Bills were bereft of that top to bottom talent and they would hope they would have a bunch of guys at the top who were decent players and they'd be filling out their roster with question marks. I give Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean a ton of credit for overhauling this roster to the point now where they legitimately have difficult decisions to make when it comes to whittling this roster down. It's very interesting because if you take a look at, say, Jordan Mills starting right tackle last year, he has been cut twice this offseason, including today again by Miami. So this was... That's very reminiscent of what had been happening in the past, which is the Bills having starters that they cut loose, and then those players end up out of the NFL. That's not a good sign. What you want is to have enough depth and enough talent on your roster that when they get cut, other teams are saying, hey, great. Or if you're considering cutting them, teams are stepping in saying, no, no, let me give up something valuable so they're not exposed to the waiver wire so I can make sure I get them on my team. 
I think we're in a good place because of that. The Buffalo Bills in the last two days have made two very shrewd moves to trim down their roster, dealing a pair of offensive linemen. Now, I know a lot of Bills fans are concerned potentially about some of the offensive linemen, Mitch Morris in particular, and Quinton Spain. Although Morris is back out practicing, he's out of the concussion protocol, which is great news. And Brandon Bean, uh, during the game on Thursday, said that he fully expects him to be out there uh, ready to go for week one. But the Bills pulled off a pair of trades that I was surprised by both of them. And I want to start with the one that really surprised me. And it was the move today when they announced that Russell Bodine supposedly has been traded to, of all teams, Bill Belichick and the evil empire New England Patriots for a sixth round pick. Now, to me, Jamie, this was a guy, Russell Bodine, who has been much maligned. He started last year 10 games before having a broken fibula end his season. Um, he was, I thought he was god awful in the preseason. I thought he was really inconsistent last year um, as a swing option on the line. And with all the overhauled signings that the Bills made, I thought the writing was on the wall for Bodine to get cut. But to actually physically get something of tangible value for Russell Bodine, the magic man, Brandon Bean, is back at it again. The guy's a sorcerer, isn't he? How can you have gotten value for a player that undoubtedly was going to be cut? What does Bill Belichick see in this guy? Um, he was good. And of course, you always have to be concerned about about New England trading for players. Um, you know, The Onion once had a headline that it said, um, I think it was something along the lines of New England picks up future Hall of Famer from waiver wire. Um, that happens more with their wide receivers because of who's throwing them the ball. But turning Russell Bodine into draft capital, great play right there. Yeah, that's one of those players where Bodine was not going to be on the roster um, come Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock when the rosters were trimmed down. And I was really surprised to see the Bills get something of value for him. And then another guy who had fallen down the depth chart, he was one of my guys last year. I loved Wyatt Teller, the fifth-round pick, but he got dealt to Cleveland along with a seventh-round pick for a fifth and a sixth-round pick. So Brandon Bean goes out and deals Bodine and Teller, two guys that were probably going to get cut and ends up getting a fifth-round pick and two sixth-round picks back. To me, you know, and Wyatt Teller's a guy who he did have some opportunities to play. He was sort of impressive. I mean, he was kind of ho-hum in some of the games. Others, he had a couple of good, you know, he seemed to have some potential, but it was very raw and very untapped at that point. He never quite materialized uh, with his talent during the offseason. And, of course, with all the signings that the Bills, you know, made to their offensive line, you know, John Feliciano comes on board. Quentin Spain comes on board. You know, they they cut Vlad Dukas. Um, there's been moves up and down and all along this roster. You know, Cody Ford uh, gets drafted by the team. You know, there's there's so many moves that have taken place that again for Wyatt Teller. You know, he I'm good good for him that to to at least get dealt to a situation where he has a chance to contribute because I do think Wyatt Teller has the potential to be a decent guard in this league. It just wasn't going to happen here in Buffalo. I, I believe that's true. The, with the amount of players that Buffalo brought in in the offseason between Feliciano, Long, Morris, there just wasn't going to be a place on the roster for him. But to take, a, yet again, a guy who was going to probably get cut, to turn that into two draft picks? Wow. I, I understand there was a seventh rounder going back, but Bean, you've outdone yourself, buddy. <laughs> 
Of course, we are here on Believe, getting ready for the hardest day that Buffalo Bills players will have to go through. It's cut down day when the Bills have to pair their roster from 91 down to 53. And uh, Jamie D'Amico here joining us on the podcast. Jamie, I want to get some quick hitters from you on a bunch of guys who find themselves squarely on the bubble. And I'm going to start with one that really pains me because I've been a huge fan of his uh, ever since he reinvented himself after getting humbled and getting cut last year after making the 53-man roster. And it's Robert Foster, the wide receiver out of Alabama, who really emerged onto the scene last year with a couple of 100-yard receiving games. He averaged over 20 yards a catch on his receptions. And then in week three of the preseason, Robert Foster saw one snap as a wide receiver and I, I don't know what to make of Robert Foster because I still think his talent level is there. I don't believe it's just a flash in the pan, you know, 10-game stretch where he got really hot with a, a strong-arm quarterback in Josh Allen. But I don't know. What do you think about Foster and his chances of making the team? I think he cemented his place on the team last year with his performance. I, I think that they're going to give him every chance in the world to get back to what he was. But he last night in the game made an outstanding play as a gunner on special teams. That's where he's going to have to earn his keep. If they think that he can be a guy that contributes on special teams, I don't think there's any doubt. Now I haven't looked at enough tape here. Did he do well enough that that is going to be how he can make his living? I I think they're going to give it a shot. He's uh, uh you, you don't need to worry too much yet. I know he's your boy. That's good because I'd like to keep Foster on the roster if at all possible. Um, some wide receivers have already been released from the team. Nothing shocking so far. Victor Bolden Jr. apparently has been released from the Buffalo Bills roster along with Nick Easley, um, who has been released from the roster as well. There's been some other moves that have taken place that might benefit some of the bubble guys like Mike Love heading to the injured reserve. I believe that move is going to keep Eddie Yarbrough and Daryl Johnson both on the roster. I could be wrong, but I think, uh, Jamie, that's going to play out nicely for both Daryl Johnson and for Yarbrough. Eddie Yarbrough had a fantastic game in preseason week four. I know it's a preseason game that doesn't count for diddly squat, but he was all over the field in the first half. I believe he had seven solo tackles, 10 stops total, two behind the line of scrimmage. That's something where you like to see that for a guy like Eddie Yarbrough, who I'm sure realizes he's playing for his NFL life to go out there and just play like a madman on the defensive line. He proved that he did not belong uh, going up against second and third stringers. Um, you know, he's not a dominant player. He's given, you know, he's given some good snaps for the Bills over the past couple of years. I know he was the darling of training camp a few years ago, uh, but, you know, it. He, he looks like he belongs in this league. And see, that's something we were talking about before, which was, you know, the players that were being cut. Who are some of the players who are going to be let go that you think are going to find homes? Yeah, that's a good question, Jamie. I honestly, and, and I don't, it's a numbers game. There's no way the Bills can keep him. But Marcus Murphy, for me, is a guy who I think he's going to latch on with a team some way, shape, or form because, A, he contributes on special teams. He's great in the return game. He had that nifty 79-yard punt return touchdown against the Vikings in week four of the preseason. I believe he had 37 rushing and receiving yards total in the game last night. He has shown enough in limited duty 
uh, to prove that he's got that explosive burst out there. And for a Bills team that is going, you know, think about this, Jamie, the Bills running back room, there's going to be solid NFL talent that gets scooped up on the waiver wire when the Bills are done in the form of, you know, I don't, I, in my opinion, I think TJ Yeldon has made the team. I think Frank Gore and, and Devin Singletary round out the running back room. But I think Marcus Murphy is one of those guys who is definitely going to catch on, you know, with another team and make an impact this upcoming football season. What about you? Conventional thought is that one of TJ Yeldon or Sonoris Perry are going to make the team. Now, with Perry being injured right now, it you know, that gives Yeldon a leg up. Whoever was let go, and in this case, I think it's probably going to be Perry, there's going to be a place on an NFL roster for him because special teams ringers, there's there's good reason to have them on a roster. Um, and then I look at the defensive backs. Um, somebody like Dean Marlowe or uh, Lafayette Pitts, they may not make the neat team. Uh, Saran Neal, is, he may make the team. I, I think he probably will, but you know, though any of those guys could be let go and I think we'll very quickly find a new home. Yeah, I'm with you on on the, the and we all know the Bills have a, a huge dearth of secondary players who are outstanding in the secondary. You know, Kevin Johnson has been extremely solid Bill since they signed him away from the Houston Texans. I see Lafayette Pitts making the team. Um, I see Captain Munderland having a big impact for this team. As far as safeties go, I could see Buffalo keeping at least five, uh, including Jaquan Johnson. Uh, Saran Neal is one of the guys I'm not quite sure. I think they'll hang on to him. Dean Marlowe could be on the outside looking in, but I feel like with the pass-happy nature of the NFL, the Bills need to hang on to as many as six safeties and six cornerbacks out there. Um, And for me, I think Lafayette Pitts is the guy who, if they cut him, he could be the one who really makes a big impact on another team because he just, I don't know, there's something about his his ball hawking abilities. He had an interception again in the game against the Vikings. He can play special teams pretty well. I hope the Bills don't cut Lafayette Pitts. And a guy that we thought um, was never going to have a shot to make the roster unless there was an injury, uh, Dark Horse, I think, that could really make an impact somewhere maybe with the Chicago Bears or the Minnesota Vikings is Chase McLaughlin the uh, the young kicker who really was having holding his own uh, you know so far in the offseason and then the Bills give Stephen Hauschka the 2 year 8 million extension which of course sealed McLaughlin's fate for I believe getting uh, getting cut and I think he's somebody you could easily find uh, on a roster come September 8th that's going to make an impact for that team Kicked a beautiful 54-yarder yesterday, and you know that's that that's some pretty good film to put out there. And one final player that uh, may not have a place in Buffalo because he may lose out to uh, a younger player, uh, specifically lose out to Voshan Joseph. I really like Maurice Alexander. He, now he played last year in Seattle. He was injured. Um, you know, wasn't a hundred percent. That was covered in an earlier Buffalo Rumblings article. He's a good player. He will provide excellent depth for whatever team ends up with him. Very good in coverage. He can move well. He's good for today's NFL. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up, Jamie. I actually think Maurice Alexander has a really good shot to make um, the Bills roster. If the, I think they're going to keep six linebackers, and I could see Tyrell Dodson as somebody who could also maybe give the Bills some consternation over whether they keep him or not. But with a numbers game out there, I see Deion Lacey getting cut. I see Dodson getting cut. And I see Corey Thompson, who I held out some pretty high hopes for 
as a, a backup, you know, linebacker out there um, making the the cut as well or getting cut as well because he's just not as versatile as Julian Stanford and Maurice Alexander. And and yeah, they're not going to give up on a guy like Voshan Joseph this early in the process after just having drafted him. In fact, you know, I want to stick with that theme for a second, Jamie, about positions that have some uncertainty. Um, there was some good news that came out again, besides Mitch Morse having cleared the concussion protocol. The other good news was about Tyler Cuff, the big free agent tight end that the Buffalo Bills signed uh, during the offseason away from the Cincinnati Bengals. He had a broken foot, but it came out that Brandon Bean is op- optimistic that Croft will be available for the start of the season. He could always start on the physically unable to perform list, that pup list, uh, in, which the, in which case the Bills would have a lot less talent at tight end. But I think Tyler Croft uh, is obviously, obviously he's going to make the roster. But the point I want to get to, Jamie, is the ripple effect. If Croft is on the pup list, I think the Bills are going to keep two of their rookie tight ends in Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney. But if Croft is healthy enough to be out there for week one, you know Lee Smith is going to be out there as the blocking tight end that they gave a bunch of money to with his contract. And you know Tyler Croft is going to be out there. I don't know what the Bills will do between Jason Kroom, Dawson Knox, and Tommy Sweeney because you can't just cut Dawson Knox. You trade it back up into the third round to get him. Well, I, I don't think Jason Kroom is going to find himself on the roster uh, at this point. He's juggled some injuries himself. Tommy Sweeney has sort of stepped it up, and he's not flashy. He he reminds me a lot of some of the tight ends that the Bills have had in the past, going all the way back to Pete Metzelars and uh, Mark Campbell. He gets the job done, but that's about what he does. He, the guy is going to, I think, stick around to provide some decent depth. He's going to run the routes he's supposed to run and you know, not completely give up on blocking. Um, outside of that, but you know, when, when Croft comes back, then they're going to have to take a look at it. Sweeney, they may try to sneak through to the, uh, uh, to the practice squad. That may be difficult to do because there's a lot of tape on him that's out there right now. You can't, you can't cut Knox. Never going to sneak him through the to the practice squad. Lee Smith, you signed to a pretty big contract. He's on the roster. An even bigger contract went to Tyler Croft. 2019 season, which of course will begin on Thursday night. The Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears kick off the 100th season of NFL action on Thursday night. The Bills, of course, are in New Jersey taking on the New York Jets. We hope you come back to Believe to get ready for all of the season opening action taking place from MetLife Stadium. For my colleague, Jamie D'Amico, I am John Boccasino signing off for Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Reminder to go and subscribe to our podcast, uh, including everywhere you go to find your podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and Google Play by searching for Buffalo Rumblings Podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at Buff, B-U-F-F, Rumblings. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino, B-O-C-C-A-C-I-N-O. We will talk more Buffalo Bills football with you, getting you ready for week one of the 2019 season here on Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.